You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fields to the locker room, guys. He was walking briskly under his own power. Looks like, Jeff, a potential chest injury for Justin Fields. That is what he said as he went into the tunnel. Play fake, quick screen throw, right side. Mooney with blockers, hits the gas, 45-50. In the Ravens' territory. What a cut in the open field. He's gone. 10-5. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Tyler Huntley, the quarterback. Good takeoff by Quinn. He's coming after him. Chops it out of there. Brings him down. Almost got it out of there as well. Robert Quinn blew off the snap with a great takeoff. His third sack of the day. I was just told, guys, that Justin Fields will not return today because of that ribs injury. Ravens bring in the house. Pressure comes. Hit as he throws. Down the field. He's got Goodwin over the shoulder. 10-5. Touchdown, Bears. But there's a penalty marker. Now, Dalton did get hit. If it counts, it's a 49-yard strike for the lead. Snap back. Here comes pressure. Quinn from behind doesn't get Huntley. He throws it. And it's caught inside the five. It's Walt Watkins the catch. Deion Bush defending. And the Ravens are going to be first and goal at the Bear three with 25 seconds to go and two timeouts. Snap, handoff, Freeman into the end zone for the touchdown up the left hash. The Ravens have taken the lead with 22 seconds to go in the game. And now it's time for the Scores post-game show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, presented by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. Yes, it's the post-game show, and no, it is not a post-game victory show because somehow, and, and we've seen this before, Patrick, but I, I don't know. That guy's a that guy's a second year player, an undrafted free agent quarterback. They marched seventy four yards down the field in five plays and and won the game after they were effectively beaten. That that is that's pathetic. I'm sorry. That's that is just god awful. I don't know what else to say about the finish of that game. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, you're right. That's that's two weeks in a row that the defense has let yep. them down. But they just they, they they took the victory away, and that's that, that's just unacceptable. I don't care if you don't have Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson going against that Baltimore Ravens team, which is undermanned without Lamar Jackson. They didn't look good either. I thought our defense played pretty well against the run. Roquan Smith is unbelievable. But here you yeah. go, Mully. One more loss in a row, and Matt Nagy can keep his job. 
Yeah, let's you know start you get bragging. six losses in yeah. a row. There we go, and then he wins the next one. He can keep his job. I it just that whole game oh. to me summed up this season. Matt Nagy, his coaches, the whole thing of of mismanagement of timeouts, mismanagement of third and one, fourth and one. Then he goes mad about the headset, but that should have been talked about before. They call a timeout during a PAT at the end of the game to go for two. That's situational football. You understand, you, you go through that stuff as coaches, and that's either called down or discussed. Like, hey, if we score here, guys, this is where we want to go for two. We're in this situation. So at the end of the game, they should have had two timeouts there to try to tie it with a field goal, and they don't. So there's just a lot of things. The bad call on third and five at the beginning, a little toss sweep to uh, Montgomery. We saw that yeah. earlier in the year, a couple weeks ago, that he fumbled that thing. But to me, that's a play call. That is a fine play call. If they're all up in the A-gaps, and they're going to blitz you right up the middle, right? And if you don't see that, you call timeout or you check to something else. To me, that's, a, that's the coach should bang timeout right there because they're not in that look. Patrick Queen's running over to the ball before it snapped. He saw something formationally and, and understood what was going to happen. Those are just some of the examples. I'm sure we'll talk about more. But it's just frustrating to see how bad they got outcoached, which sums up the season. Player-wise, we had guys, you know, dropping balls. Mooney dropped a few balls that should have been caught. Uh, we can talk about Justin Fields as well. He didn't play a great game. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't throw the ball well. He wasn't on time. Andy Dalton as well. We saw why he's Andy Dalton, the old quarterback. There's some throws that he's off with his – he's throwing them short. Okay, I can understand timing and things like that, but his arm looks soft. Just, just all that stuff, just it summed up who the Bears are. It just – it was a poor game. Should have won the game. Defense – here's the thing. I'm sitting there – my narrative changes when they score that touchdown because I'm like, wait a minute. I want to bitch and moan like I am right now. And then they score the touchdown. I'm like, well, I'm still going to bitch and moan, but they got away with one because they played a team without Lamar Jackson. But here we are. They still lost the game. They deserve to lose the game. That just really summed up who they are. I, I got to tell you, there's so much there. And, and uh, you know, it, it just doesn't make it. Does, there's, a, there's a few points that made zero sense. And there were a few things that really upset me. And I thought, well, they're not going to matter in the game because <laughs> right. you converted a fourth and 11. Let me tell you something. They convert a fourth and 11. That's a miracle, okay? Mm-hmm. That that You can't live like that, but they did it. And they convert a fourth and 11. They get a touchdown. It's a it's a zero coverage. It's it's that blitz that uh, that they tried against Miami. You can't pull that one off against Andy Dalton. You got too much speed with yep. uh, Marquise Goodwin. And you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, wow, I can't believe they won that game. And then to turn around. And you have a guy in, in Tyler Huntley that I get it. He kind of outplayed Justin Fields in the first half, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. I, that's got to be something to do with coaching over talent. I don't know. But that guy, he's he doesn't that's, – that's not Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson played in that game, th- that game wouldn't have been close. They'd have no. had touchdowns instead of field goals. They'd have scored – 20-something points in the first yes. half. It wouldn't have been yes. – you wouldn't have had that opportunity. 100%. But here you are. How do you surrender? How do you allow that final drive? And then the touchdown, you let them down to the five. Listen, you, there's a bad pass interference, right? Kendall, Kendall Vildor, we'll, we'll talk about him. He seemed yeah. very upset on the bench. He should be. Um, how do you let him run in the five-yard touchdown run? With no effort, no that, that was like the easiest run of the game. They bust the coverage you, as well. Pat. They bust the yes. coverage as well. It, it, to me, it's it's time for Kendall Vodor to, to find the bench. I'm sorry. He, he's, uh, he's tried hard. They tried it. You know, we saw last week against Pittsburgh. He got abused. He's been getting a beat 
more so each week. And this week really showed it. I mean, that was, it was not good. He's getting these bad, he's getting beat on these double moves. I understand he get beat, but then don't get the penalty with it. Oh. You know, especially against a quarterback like Tyler Huntley, who's not going to throw an accurate ball. I, I just, I, it's frustrating. They just, it's a lack of talent as well as what we're seeing there. What Artie Burns is still on the team, right? Give him a shot. Yeah, he was, I think yeah, he's still he was on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a shot. I mean, if, yeah. if, if that tells you a lot, what's going on in practice then with Artie Burns, they don't trust him. So uh, it's again, that's another point. It's lack of talent as well. Lack of backups, lack of whatever. It's just that was ugly to lose to a team like that. When you get a last minute call with Lamar Jackson's not playing, that's where you should just go out there. We got this thing. We're going to execute. We're going to be right. How about they come out of the first half into the second half, first play? What do they do? They get a penalty. Yeah. First that play. sums it up again. This right here is right. check the box of the entire yeah. season of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's, um, you know, it's beyond uh, upsetting, frankly. I, I, um, I don't even know where to begin other than, Pat, you know, it looked like first team to 10 wins. That's yes. how bad the offensive football was in that game. Um, Andy Dalton comes in, two plays, you get the lead. And then you think, wow, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. All you got to do is hang on to the lead. They got a, they got a fourth down at, in the beginning of the fourth quarter. You're at midfield. Punt the ball. Play the yeah. field position game. Yeah, that's another but problem. But no, you're going, you're going fourth and one wildcat. Oh, wait, well, wait do you see what we do? And, and you, you, you don't even come close. That was a terrible, terrible play. You know, and, and Romo, I, boy, was I done hearing him. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, that was exhausting. But, but he's right. You know, if you go outside, if you had some rhyme or reason to what you were doing instead of running right in the middle of the field out of a shotgun wildcat because you're more clever than everyone. Okay, so then that changes field position. There's a turnover. They don't score on that possession, but you change field position, and that's how they end up scoring to take the lead. Lo and behold, the miracle finish. You get the touchdown, and that's not good enough? That, that, yeah. is, that is mind-boggling. How yeah. they managed to lose that game is just beyond human comprehension. Right, just the perfect thing. It sums up the whole year. And that whole situation of third and one, to me, I'm not going deep. It's a, it's a close game. You're going against a bad quarterback and a poor offense right now over there with the Ravens. Control the clock. Just go ahead and try to get the first down on third and one by running the ball. Maybe that Wildcat play the first time. If you know you're going for it twice, why don't run the ball twice? Okay, be aggressive, whatever. I, I understand him talking about be aggressive. But in this situation, in this game, I'm not doing that. I'm controlling the clock, going to run it down there. Give it, you know, give my give my offense a chance. I mean, with Andy Dalton throwing it deep like he did to move, I just that's not giving you a chance. I just right. I, I did not like that one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things to pull apart and to talk about, but above all else, you know, th- they came into this game without the their MVP, former MVP mm-hmm. quarterback, and they had a guy that had thrown what was it, 10, 11 passes in the yeah. league. And you lost to him. And you lost to him. And you lost to him after taking a lead, after somehow managing, you know, a, a totally um, – uh, it was lucky to, to get that touchdown at the end. It was lucky. Yeah, it was. Fourth and 11. I, and, and you can't rely on that sort of thing. But that that's not good enough? That's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. How is that not good enough? What What lead is safe? when you have this kind of defensive performance at the end of the game. And I'm sorry, Sean Desai, you know. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, you got you to point fingers at people that yes. are in charge of things. And, and that's just that, – that's awful. That was awful. Well, as Matt Nagy said, it's on everybody. So everybody has oh. to point their fingers at them. But, no, you're right. I mean, you're blowing coverages back there. 
Yes, that's on players, but that's also putting players in position to make plays and having them understand their responsibility on these plays. And this is happening way too many times. It happened in Pittsburgh. The big play on the uh, the passing play against Pittsburgh was like, what, a 19, 20-yard gain was a blown coverage. They had the PI, then they have the blown coverage here again. That's on the DBs. That's on coaching. That's on Sean Desai. Yeah, there's no way around it. And I don't care if he's the professor. He, he, uh, <laughs> he flunked uh, the final there. Uh, yeah. 312-644-6767. We're going to get to everybody's phone calls. Um, there, there's very little to feel good about in that game. Um, certainly, you, you talk about um, all the little things that kind of went awry for you. All the, you know, you, you even had uh, Cairo Santos miss a 41-yard field yep. goal early. And, and you know, it, it felt by halftime that that may have a bearing on the game because yes. you need every point you can possibly get. That's how poor the performance was uh, offensively. Uh, you know, we talk about Justin Fields going out of the game, so you don't even come away feeling like you had the quarterback development or whatever the feel-good was a couple weeks ago uh, before the bye week. Um, and, and I don't know that he comes back and plays on Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. So you got another game here, and I get it. You know, the Lions are terrible and all the rest of it. Hey, these guys needed the last-second field goal to beat the Lions, but they beat the right. Lions. Right. You know, Good you point. lost to Pittsburgh. They tied Pittsburgh. I'm not mm-hmm. saying there's anything to fear from the Lions, but is there anything to fear from the Bears? That's, That's the, the real problem. problem here. Yeah, I think it's just they got to look at themselves. They're the problem. You know, they give up a punt block as well, which is inexcusable. Oh, my God. Yeah. Knowing knowing the Ravens, there's a stat from 2014 when Jerry Rosberg was there, a uh, great special teams coach, and the guy now, Chris Horton, was his assistant. Since 2014, I think they've had the no, second or third most block kicks in the NFL. So you know this guy is going to come after you and have some good schemes. And uh, I believe it was between Cassius Marsh and Patrick Scales. They missed the count when they dropped a guy late or whatever. But – They'll get that corrected, but you can't have that happen. That's what these games, when you're playing these teams like this, special teams-wise, you have to be on it. And they weren't on it, and they gave that up in a crucial, in a crucial moment. And we, we talked about it um, in the pregame. We talked about the idea that you could expect some turnovers. Mm-hmm. You could expect that there would be some bad penalties. You could expect that it was going to be a sloppy football game. And, and certainly it lived up to all of that. Yeah, there was just ugly. a lot of – in action for much of the game, right up yep. to the yep. the wild finish to it. But to, to wind up on the wrong end of that is just – it's mind-boggling. I, I mean, I honest to God, I don't know how they lost that game. I, I mean, that guy had no business being there at quarterback. You commit one of the dumbest pass interference penalties you're ever going to see. Yep. Kendall, Kendall Vildor is, is just – he really – I don't know why he's starting. I don't know why he is on the field – other than to, to be attacked. And it's gotten to a point where you got to do something about it. You've lost five straight game. football games in the NFL. I, I think Jalen Johnson loves Kendall Vildor. You know why? Because they never throw at Jalen Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he never gets targeted. You never see him. No, they never throw the don't. ball over there. They're going to no. Kendall Vildor the whole game. I mean, yeah. they've been doing that last seven weeks. And I, and I mean, in, in fairness, hey, if we can complete this pass, why even bother? Why, yeah. why, why even bother picking on anyone else? Because right. this guy's Just there for you. Side. He's yep. there for you. Yep. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, there, there's. He's struggling. It's not one guy's fault. Is no, as you but he's struggling. Out. I mean, it's. But it is, Molly. It's if if you go back and look at the last few weeks, they're targeting him. They know they're targeting him. I don't know. Is that Sean decided needs to give him more help? And maybe the help is to get him off the field and put somebody else in there. I don't know. It's just if you're an offensive coordinator and you look at that 
that that defensive tape of the Bears, you're like, oh, I'm going at 22 all day. That's just what I'm going to do. That's just it's obvious. And if you can't stop that or help him, that's either on coaching or you got to find a new player. That's that's the answer to that. Right. And and you would think that um, you know, given the fact that um, the the um, the, the defensive coordinator was the secondary coach. You would think yes. he would know that, right? And, yes. And yep. I, you know, I shudder to think that they don't have anyone better. And I, right. you know, Duke That's Shelley, scary. I get it. He's undersized and, and you've got issues in the slot. But but my God, Pat, I mean, that that you can't finish a game if you have that guy out there playing. You're nope. just not going to be able to get it done. It's proven so, it two weeks in a row. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it is just uh, absolutely infuriating. Yes, it is. Um, again, 312-644-6767. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, I can't wait to hear these phone calls. <laughs> I got a feeling we're some people uh, um, very upset about it. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. It's, I don't either. It, it's it, just, that's just, a, it just to me, that just sums up the entire year with all the mistakes that happened, the play of the players, um, and you can say whatever you want about missing some of the big names. This is a game you still still should have won. Still should have won. That's it's that simple. All right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We should uh, let you know that the uh, the score listener line is uh, is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. We'll start with Steve. He is in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Steve. Guys, uh, I think Matt Nagy is done. I mean, if it wasn't for Thanksgiving, trust me, he he will get one more game, and that's pretty much it. And like you said, Patrick, everything about today's game was a culmination of the four years that everything that went wrong with Matt Nagy. Uh, penalty after the first drive, we've seen that too many times. Uh, undisciplinedness um, and Nagy saying all the wrong things to infuriate us fan base and then perhaps even the fan, uh, even the players themselves for the penalties and taunting and all that other nonsense that he's been saying for the last couple of weeks, a couple of months. But um, look, I was so upset that when Andy Dalton came in and threw that screen that went 60 yards for the touchdown, I'm thinking to myself, you couldn't do that with Justin Fields? Matt Nagy is not even trying to do, win the game. He's just basically trying to save his own jobs, and he's not even a good doing at that right now because he, he has never been able to adjust to the talent that the Bears have. And he is still stuck in the Andy Reid, Kansas City era. And his head is so high up his ass, he doesn't know how to get out of it. And it's so sad. Well, Groundhog Day not too far away, Chris. Uh, yeah. Or excuse me, Steve. Thank you for the phone call. Um, you know, I have a buddy who was at the game, and he texted me and said the whole stadium was chanting "Fire Nagy" after the touchdown at the end of the game. That it oh, just wow. got really ugly. Which, um, you know, I was not there. Uh, obviously, I'm here, so I did not. I can't verify that, but it sounds like people really have had enough. I mean, we certainly first call we got. If I'm looking at the calls coming. There's a lot of people that have had enough of the head coach. And to me, you know, the old Joe um, Gibbs, the the idea that you can lose a game in the National Football League, it happens, you lose two. Okay, now wait a minute here. And if you lose three, someone loses a job. And and that could be 
benching a quarterback. They could be making somebody stand next to you on the sideline if they committed a dumb penalty. It could be taking one of your coordinates. There's a thousand different things that could be. But something has to happen when you hit three. We're at five. There were, they, were, they had a four-game losing streak in 2019, a six-game losing streak, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, that they bragged about mm-hmm. a year ago when they brought everybody back. Now they've lost five in a row. Now they're, what is it, three and seven. Um, it's just unacceptable. There's got to be a standard that you consider violating when you start yes. putting together losses. I agree with that 100%. And here, here's my thought what Steve was talking about firing after Thanksgiving. So you have extra time. You talked about that six-game losing streak. You said, wait, the way we battled through that. That was embarrassing to me, to the McCaskies. I think they had to look back on that and be like, wait a minute. We didn't choose our words properly. We just didn't get the message across the way we wanted to. If he has another six-game losing streak and you continue to hang on to him, to me, that would make sense for the McCaskies to finally say, we're getting rid of somebody during the season. Two six-game losing streaks in a row. I mean, five and six and five is already bad enough. Four, six, and five is already bad enough. Um, I, I, you can't do it before this game this quickly, but if you lose this game or go out there or whatever, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's not good messaging to the fans to hear the fans chant that I think is great. Cause I think the McCaskies hear that and it really hurts them. And that's, that's what they need to hear. Cause right now it's ugly. That's just, you cannot just, well, I'm putting my, my, myself ahead of it saying they're going to lose next week, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but it, it just, you can't have another, I mean, it's already bad enough with six and five. Let's put it there. I mean, right now, if this was the fifth game, uh, if they lost to Detroit and this was the fifth game they lost in a row, I would really think about making a change for the rest of the year. It's just, again, like we said, it, every problem reared its head. Clock management, uh, yeah. penalties coming yeah. out of timeout or out, yeah. out of halftime, running the first play, can't line up. Right. I mean, just everything is there right in front of you. And that is a lot to do with coaching as much as it does players. Let's try Chris. Chris is in Evanston. Hi, Chris. What's going on, guys, man? First of all, I got to tell y'all, y'all need to learn how to pace yourself. Y'all completely killed it with that with that beginning there, man. I don't know what we're going to talk about for the rest of the night. I couldn't but, help uh, myself, man. I was I was boiling, and I was like, I just I hey, got to get it out there. That's and we'll award-winning we'll stuff. Yeah, well, we'll just we'll, we'll talk about it as like a family. Like we'll just we'll, we'll sit around the dinner table and just talk about it right now. Put all the topics out but, there but you and know so we what? can make ourselves feel better. Here, <laughs> here's here's where, where my problem is. You know, like we talked about, we're coming out of a bye, and every single thing Nagy consistently does, he comes out of a bye and does it even worse. And you look at Herbert had one carry in the game, and when did he have to carry? The first play after your MVP since he's been in the league, David Montgomery doesn't convert a wild card on fourth down. This is the type of coach that we have. You know, Montgomery can't even not do something, and, and he's on the bench for the first time in the game, and, and his backup gets the ball. And then I can't put this on Nagy because I see every coach do stuff like this. I'm not going for it on fourth down at midfield. My defense has dominated this guy. They just got through destroying this guy on the previous drive. Why am I going to give him – half the field why am I going to risk that what what is the risk reward in that and and, and it's it's just it, it's we, we're a disaster and I love everything y'all said in the beginning because we're heading nowhere fast and the only thing that can stop it is change thanks yeah. Randy yeah um yeah. yeah I mean goodness goodness good that was Chris I'm sorry yeah um, well go ahead yeah I was just gonna say 
0-4 off the bye, by the way. In case yeah. we forgot that, yep. the Matt Nagy era features a failure to win a single game off the bye week, not even one where the MVP of the team can't play <laughs> and you got an yeah. a, a undrafted second-year player. Yeah, I, no, I'm with you. Let me go back to a couple of Chris's points, talking about Herbert only getting one carry and was after Montgomery's uh, you know, wrong read on his run. Dan Pompey said before the game he'd like to see Herbert get more carries, and I agree with that. Herbert, to me, the way he's played up uh, during the the injury of Montgomery, he deserves more carries. And what I would do if I'm an offensive coordinator or head coach or putting together that offense, you have two really good backs. You get them both in there early, and you ride the hot back. You figure out which one has the you know is is has got the hot hand. You would call it in basketball, right? You find the guy that's just. This got it going that day. I don't care that David Montgomery's up for a contract or was your guy at the beginning of the year. This is about winning games. You play both guys. They're both good running backs. And at the end of the day, if if Herbert is the one that gets hot and just has got the game going and he gets he has the right reads on you know that day and just feels more comfortable, you continue to get him more reps. That's the way I would do it right now with Montgomery and Herbert with this running game because the running game is. It wasn't great today, but I think if you have two good backs like that, you let the hot man run. And then the fourth down play, I, I agree looking back on it now, but again, I would have gone for it on third and one. I would have run the ball. I right. wouldn't have I done that. Right. And he's right about it. You you have a quarterback in there that's only thrown 11 passes before this game. Pat O'Donnell puts him down on the 7, 8, 9, 10, 15-yard line again. Then you've got to go that far on the field with that young quarterback, and it gives you a greater chance to get the ball back and to win the game. So I, I agree with that point as well. I'd be curious to know if Justin Fields was was going to, had he not been injured, was he about to kind of explode in the second half again? Because they didn't seem to run anything that, that we were expecting them to no. run in the limited time that, that he had plays. They they didn't do anything on offense. They By the time they got to halftime, you didn't see any plays. He wasn't no. – he wasn't calling enough plays. They weren't having. They didn't have enough plays to run Herbert to to do anything. They, That's they good but point. they they didn't get to. I don't think they had a tight end catch a pass or a, a receiver. Catch. They didn't run any of the screen stuff we've talked about. Where in the world are the Bears screen passes? They've gone missing. You know, we got to pay the ransom. Uh, I I just um, it, it's mind boggling how little they accomplished in the first half of that game. And again. You know, the Bears are beaten up, okay, but they Allen Robinson was out. They did have mm-hmm. Cole Komet. Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. was there. He was spotted. They do have different players that they can line up and get the ball to. I just don't know what the plan was to start the game, and then by the time Justin Fields was out of it, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't look like there, there had been much going on at all. No, and then one thing that frustrated me too was – the fumble that Fields had should never have happened. He should have right. held on to the ball, right? Okay, he had yep. that. That's that's his issue. But that came out of an empty set on, I think, on second and five. After they had been moving the ball a little bit by running the ball, moving the pocket, uh, things like that, then all of a sudden, no, let's the second and five when we could run a play-action pass, we're going to sit back and run an empty set. And that's why I, I think I tweeted just empty set. And I'm like, why? Why are you throwing <laughs> that in there right now? We know he doesn't like it, or maybe he like, but he, we know he doesn't work well in it. Yeah. Second and five. Run a play-action pass. Run something else. Please don't put him in an empty set. And there you go. The coaching put the staff puts him there, and he fumbles it. Yes, he should not have fumbled it. He should have held on to the ball, but you could have helped him in that position. And the other thing is, when Andy Dalton came in, the first two plays, it was a play-action pass yep. and a wide receiver screen. Who that's runs right. those really well? Justin yeah. Fields. So that's his think, play. You know, that, yep. Yeah, and uh, that's and 
Why weren't those called earlier? And it was great to see Mooney make a play. They finally got to see a player make a play. Get, get out the gate in 88, or, is Olin, or Alex Brown and Olin were talking about. But that was nice to see. But those two plays, were, they were plays that you know, Justin Fields liked to run. But that second and five and the empty set and the fumble, that was, that was frustrating as well. Randy is in Kenosha. How you doing there, Randy? Hello, Jim. Hello, gentlemen. I'll try my best not to name call. Let's revisit the not punt at midfield, right? It was punt team yeah. was on the field. Yep. Call a timeout. Yep. Yell at a guy. Yell at the tech guy on the sideline. Then send the offense out because stuffed on a wildcat. And then the two-point conversion was similar. It yep. was the kicking team was on the field. Call a timeout. Put the offense back out. Get, uh, do not convert the two-point conversion. Matt Nagy is disorganized. That's what it comes down to. That's what I see. And every single week, is a com- there are moments in the game where it's a comedy of errors. It's, we're all watching it, and we're just like, holy moly, what's going on? It's one mistake after another mistake after another mistake. And it's just it's, it's because the coach, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else, but he's not what's really happening. He's just disorganized. Molly, let me, let me, can you mind if I take this from the situational Please. football about the uh, the third and one, then the punt team running out there, and then putting the offense out there after calling a timeout. So I've been in those situations on third and one where special teams coach will just tell you, guys, act like we're going out there. It's, this is two plays. You know what I mean? It's third and one. This sure. is two plays. We're, we're going for it. That's already gone on to the headset. Maybe the headset cut out before that, so everybody, Chris Tabor didn't hear that, or you know Matt Nagy thought he relayed that to everybody, and maybe that's why he went crazy. And coaches do go nuts over that uh, over that stuff, but it does happen. If the headset didn't go out on third down when that's being relayed, that's really on Matt Nagy because that's something that I sat there with Dave Tobe like, nope, boys, just wait. It's two plays. We're going for it on fourth, but just act like we're going to punt so it looks like it, you know the other coaches look like it look like you're going out there. And then the PAT timeout that's another situational problem. That that's a huge situational problem. That's that should be called down from the headset, knowing if you score during that drive that you're going to go for two. They're not, nobody knows you're going to score on that play, but that drive, that's talked about. That should be talked about. There's somebody upstairs in the box saying, all right, guys, when we score, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? That should be known before that. Matt Nagy, or not Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor or, or Matt Nagy gets on the headset, calls right in and says, this is, this is the two-point play. Go for it. And tells the special teams coach, keep, keep the, uh, the, uh, the field goal team off of there. I, I, I just... Could that, that could be a headset problem. Maybe we'll find out more. Maybe he'll be honest or not honest about it. But those are two situations. That's inexcusable as a head coach for that to happen. That should be discussed on during the offseason. Those situations are discussed during the offseason. That's what gets you ready for those situations. Like when, when uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Harbaugh calls the timeout, right? He's sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting to see what you're running on fourth and right. one while you're trying. Bang, he hits timeout. That's, what, that's, that's great coaching. That's discussed. That's understood. That's situational football. And the Bears get mad because they gave him the timeout. Well, he's standing he, there calling he got the it. timeout. He got it. Yep. 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 He's Let's try him Larry. The timeout. Yep. That's Sorry. right. Larry's on the south side. Hey, Larry. Hey, you know what, guys? I don't think you should let the defense off the hook. I know they played they play a good game, but the last three minutes of the four, uh, about 40 games so far, they, all they needed was a stop, and they never got one. I mean, right. the San Francisco game, the Green Bay game. The Pittsburgh and this game, you need a stop. I don't know what kind of defense that is. How do you let somebody get behind you like that and they got to go in, in the end zone? How do you let that happen? I mean, the defense pretty much ripped at least three games away from them. I know they played again, but they didn't play 60 minutes. They may have played 57 minutes. 
<laughs> and the defense has stole games away from us. Yeah, I, I don't think we've let them off in any way. I think we started uh, the Yeah, you the, let off with that, yeah. Game. Yeah, I because I, it was just it was mind boggling. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't believe that you can't. I can't believe that a fourth and eleven, you know, that's jammy. It's a very fortunate, lucky type thing. But you convert it, and you get a touchdown. That's got to be the game. That's got to yeah. be enough. Has to be. There's there's just literally no way around it. That's got to be enough. And uh, you know, I I it's just. It's it's crazy, kind of crazy that that isn't enough, and it wasn't enough against the Steelers. And you, you, you know, I I'm not arguing with anything that Larry had to say. The defense, I get it. No Mac, no Akeem Hicks, uh, no Eddie Jackson. They're, they're, clearly, they were they were affected by that, as any team would be. But that's it, you knew that going in. That yep. wasn't a surprise. That wasn't and, – and, you know, if you, if you really think about it, you haven't had Mac for a couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. You haven't had – or a couple of games. You haven't had uh, Akeem. He came out injured last game. You haven't had Eddie Jackson. This is not – this shouldn't change your performance only in the last couple minutes of a game. No, and it's 100% on the DBs. Like I said, there was a blown coverage in the Pittsburgh yep. game. But put it this way. You're going against Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh – who is borderline Hall of Famer, great, great quarterback, super number of comebacks, Super Bowl wins, all that stuff. So it's not excusable, but you're going against him. And then you have Tyler Huntley. It's 72 yards, a minute and, around a minute and 30 to go. And your first play was a pass interference? So they must have said, all right, listen, here we go. First play, go at number 22. Just throw it at number 22. And then there you go. Then we have a blown coverage, and then they you know run the ball in, what, 10 yards at the end. That, that, that's inexcusable because it's, that's Tyler Huntley. That's not Ben Roethlisberger. And, right. and it's 72 yards, 100, 100, a minute and 30 seconds. And yeah. this is this the DBs, a lot has to, yes, you can say that, Matt Nagy said it's everybody's fault. This, to me, it's, it's the DBs' fault there. That's because there was some pressure. There was some pressure on some of those rushes, and he just he escaped a little bit and threw the ball. But that's on the DBs. You can't have blown coverage. That's inexcusable. And then you just get beat. That's, that's, a, that's a personal problem. And, and frankly, if it's on the DBs, then it's also on Ryan Pace. That's a yeah. poor construction of a roster. You know, say I, I, anybody who wants to can tell me that Kyle Fuller isn't doing anything out in Denver. He did a hell of a lot here. He yeah. was a very important yes. piece of it here. Mm-hmm. So you let him go, and guess what? Oh, well, Kendall Vildor, you know, he's he may be undersized. His arms are so long. I mean, you're you're trying to create players. Yes. That's what you've been doing with the cornerback position. And unfortunately, it, it's bitten you uh, pretty severely a couple of times. And that's on that's roster construction. That is on, you know, salary cap uh, problems. I get it. The cap, you know, the COVID changed the cap. Mm-hmm. There were problems. You still made the decision to bring Jimmy Graham back. And you still made the decision to, to let uh, Fuller go. And, and it's obviously a bad decision because you look at it now and you would have been in much better position if you had a better player at that position period end of well, story you, it is you brought up ryan pace too you can go back to week one and week two the slot corner was marquee christian in game one right yeah. Then they went to duke shelley week two you yeah. got fired after one week you had all training camp to get this guy ready and this is the guy you're going to walk out for the first game and you fire him after the first uh after the first game that tells you poor roster construction that's yeah. that's that's on ryan pace as well that's just how limited these guys are in, in, the, in the defensive back room they just don't have the talent all right, let's try. Uh, let's try. Kevin is in uh, St. Charles. Hey, Kevin. 
I'm sorry, it's Chauncey. Kevin, you'll be on in a minute. Chauncey's in Evanston. Uh, hey, guys. I uh, hope you guys are having a good day. Uh, I mean, I'm not, obviously, after no. that game. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I've been hearing a lot about Matt Nagy and how awful he is and how bad he is. But I think when we're – I mean, of course, every Bears, every sane Bears fan believes that, <laughs> that he kind of sucks. But um, I think after this game, we need to look at Justin Fields' future. We need to look at, at how firing Matt Nagy may affect someone like him. If you look at a lot of the quarterbacks who have gone through multiple coaching institutions in the first few seasons, okay. Ryan Tannehill, who was on the Dolphins. Wait, 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 wait. So what are you saying? You're saying that, that Justin Fields – wouldn't be able to recover in his career from Matt Nagy being fired in season? Is that is that your implication? Frankly, yes. I think okay, the well, first season, especially hold on, hold with on, the Hold on, hold on. Let's go back to – he's already had the opportunity with Mitch Trubisky, and he ruined that one. That didn't go well. That's you had to fire your, your, second round, your second pick. And now you have another chance to work with a young guy who arguably has more talent, and it doesn't look like it's going well either. So how many chances does he get? Well, frankly, I think that if you hire better people around him, like you did in the first season in 2018 with Mitch Trubisky, where he performed like a god, I, I think it would be much better, like especially for someone like Justin like, Fields. Like Trubisky points a game. performed like a, they average like, like 19 a points a game. Yeah, thanks, Chauncey. I, I, I I'm sorry. I just like, <laughs> slightly delirious. I, I think yeah. maybe get some fluids. You're you're. you're uh, <laughs> He's dehydrated himself. Yes, you're dehydrated. <laughs> and you're talking rubbish. Uh, I, I look. I, I mean. You don't I, – I understand all the implications, right? I mean, if you really want to get down to it, the problem is, you know, do you trust Pace to hire the next coach? Why would he get that opportunity? So you got to get rid of Pace. you got to get rid of uh, Nagy if you're going to make these moves. And then do you, you, do, do you trust, you know, George and Ted, the people that gave us uh, – And Ernie you know, Corsi? Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> you got to add him to the mix too. They they hired uh, they who did they hire they hired Ernie Phil Emery right and then well they but first oh, they hired Phil Emery oh I see what you're saying and yeah. then Phil gave him gave him you know instead of hiring Bruce Arians he hired that was the final thing he chose the other guy he yep. chose Mark Tressman yep. so how do you trust them to make the right decision and and you're right Pat even if they hire Ernie is Ernie. He's the guy that gave you pace, and the, mm-hmm. I just think as you start tying it all together, where do, where does it begin? Where does your trust level begin? But that's hardly a reason to keep people around. That's yes. hardly a reason to say, um, well, we can't really trust this guy to hire that guy who would hire the other guy, so we better not get rid of anyone. That's nonsense. You know, you just – it's – Maybe try not to Peter principle everything up, right? Maybe try to get someone that knows what the hell they're doing. And, and it's fairly obvious who the people are that know what they're doing. I, I just I find this I find this idea that somehow Fields, you know, did Justin Herbert, did, did, did he take a giant step back when they decided to fire the head coach and change what they're doing there? No. He seems to be doing fine for himself. To me, Molly, talent is talent. And then if you can get talent with a good coach, we talked about this before about, you know, great coaches, these, these dynasties happy, happen with me as great quarterbacks and great coaches. But then sometimes great coaches can make players better than they are. I think Justin Fields has potential to be pretty great. They just need to find the right coach, and I just don't think Matt Nagy is the guy. Let's get to Kevin. Kevin is in St. Charles. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Molly. How are you doing this evening? Oh, very well. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I wish I called you. Prior to this game, knowing that the uh, Matt Nagy's 0 for 3 going into today, 
on off the bye week because I definitely would have uh, saved some money on the money line. But uh, <laughs> besides the point, they're, uh, you know, so this game, Chauncey's got it completely wrong. It's um, Nagy's being switched around isn't going to affect Fields. It's the opposite. If Nagy stays with this regime, it's only going to get worse for Fields. The, you guys have heard it all today from other callers, and I'm just going to reinforce the fire Nagy bandwagon is in full steam ahead. You had so much time. The, the loss of today was a clear depiction of lack of preparation. I mean, the NFL, the team handed you a, a backup quarterback with a good team, and you couldn't capitalize on that. Not to mention, in your division, you got the Packers being beat by the Vikings, so any chance to stay in contention was, was at your home field today. Just take care of business. The fact that he does not have any sense of how to be a winner, and now we're sitting on a five-game losing streak for a consecutive season. I can't understand why he would be here any longer. Just fire the guy and let's move on. Yeah, I, I listen. Okay, I'll give you. Here's my answer too. You got to if, if and when you fire the guy, you got to find the right guy, and hopefully they can find somebody that can do that. They've missed quite a few in a row. Maybe they can hit this time like they did on Justin Fields. We feel that Justin Fields is the right one. But there's another problem, too. He needs better players around him. Without Allen Robinson today, that wide receiving core did not look very good. They looked like a bunch of like sub, sub-pro guys. They were decent guys. Mooney had the nice play, and Mooney, to me, is an NFL player. He hasn't taken that step to be a star yet or a, or a, uh, a 1.5, you know, like almost a two receiver right. or whatever, that kind of stud receiver. Uh, I think you saw the speed with Bird. We, we, we signed him for the speed, right? And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Andy Dalton overthrew him. And he, and he threw yep. that thing up there. And there's just, I think he needs better players around him. You need to see Cole Komet take that next step as well. And then obviously the offensive line can get better. They can improve that. Um, so, you know, everybody's talking about the coach, and I agree with that. He might need a better coordinator. He might need a better head coach, but he also needs better players around him to make him great. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I got to tell you, um, it's great if they got a quarterback. If we if we really come away from this season and feel like the Bears have a quarterback of the future, and I think we've felt that way for a couple of games. And certainly, uh, you know, the, the way that he finished, and we talked about this in the pregame, um, I love that idea. I did feel that you, his confidence, the way that he, you know, the, the, the way the guy performed at the end of the game, it came – it came out of the team. You could feel mm-hmm. it. Just watching it on television, you could feel it. And everybody loves that element. But, you know, again, he, he, he is in a situation where they're, you know, this is what it's going to look like, kids. Allen mm-hmm. Robinson is not coming back here next year. Yep. I, I think it's that there's very little chance that he would, and he hasn't had the greatest year anyway, but th- there's very little chance that he's coming back. So these are the weapons you have. And, and you were found lacking against the team that isn't necessarily a very good team. I know they're seven and three, but they have they have struggled. They've won some really uh, kind of uh, close games at the end. So maybe we should give more credit for that. But that's because of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's because of their quarterback. It has little to do with their backup quarterback. And and goodness gracious, to to have figured out a way to lose this game, you know, I I really felt like the moment 
of that of that uh, San Francisco game was sort of a turning point in the season. They needed to win that game if they were going to stay in their season because they were coming off a couple of bad losses there, mm-hmm. and, and you know, but understandable with the Packers and with uh, with Tampa. But they needed to win that game, and and they didn't. Now this game was sitting there for them, and they somehow backed into it. And you would think that that would be good enough, and unfortunately. Um, it just it just isn't and and so that speaks volumes and again you lose five games in a row you know you don't give me this stuff that you actually won that Steelers game because you had a you had an extra week off then and you came back and you couldn't beat a guy that's a, an undrafted free agent in his second year in the league and and um, it was just he wasn't very good but you were worse and yep. uh, to find a way to lose at the end of the game is just nonsense just can't happen. It, it is, Mullen. Those are one of those games, the player, it's an ugly win. You get in the locker room, you're like, man, we stole one there. But it helps you moving forward. Gives you a little bit more confidence. I don't know if you call it confidence. Maybe that little bit of mojo or good feeling going into the next week. And then you're like, all right, we've got Detroit coming in front of us. That could be two in a row. We get Akeem back. We get Eddie Jackson back. We get Allen Robinson back. You couldn't you, 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 you could not drop this one. You could not lose this one, especially no. with the injuries and no. what you have in front of you of the possibility of a short week on Thursday getting that win, getting rested up even more, and then seeing what, what could happen. Maybe Justin Fields blossoms a little bit more. This was just devastating loss in a lot of ways because it sums up who they are, and then it's just one of those that even if you won, you feel like a bad win, but you're like, all right, let's move on to Detroit. We'll take this, take this ugly win and move forward. All right, that is Patrick Manley. This is the postgame show. We are here on the score, 312-644-6767. Back with your calls. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.